What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? That's pretty weak, so we're going to try that again, because I need a little more out of y'all. Someone said they thought it was good. It was sort of good, okay? How's everybody doing? All right, that's good. That's good. I need, man, we're fixing to rock and roll, so I need y'all to buckle up and get ready. I want to say a couple things. First of all, if you're a guest, I'm honored that you would worship with us. We are honored that you would worship with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being our honored guest and for being with us. And this is the other thing. There is a bunch of work that's been done next door. And I just want to say thank you and great job to everyone that's volunteered and our staff that has busted their tails. Great job on my behalf to y'all. Awesome, awesome. So here's what I need. I need y'all to buckle up because we're fixing to go fast and we got a long way to go in a short time to get there. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? All right, here we go. Here we go. The six of you are the second time I asked, so that's good. I feel really good about y'all ready to receive the word today. That's awesome. All right. How many of y'all, just being honest, how many of y'all feel like it's like a roller coaster ride being on the Christian walk? Like, don't raise your hands yet, but like, this is what it really feels like. I want to be connected to the power, right? The whole transformer thing. I want that connection, and I desire it, and I'll talk about it, and I, that's what I want. And it feels like when I leave here, like on, even if it's Monday, it bleeds over. By Tuesday or Wednesday, it's like I lose connection, and like the, the, the phone is like hung up or... Or like something is disconnected somewhere and I don't get it. And I wish I had a connection, but, but there's just so many times that I feel like I'm not connected. Just being honest, how many people feel like that? And for everybody that doesn't raise their hand, I'm going to call you out and say you are lying because we all feel like that, right? You know what I mean? Like all of us feel like that. Everyone on the planet at some point in time feels that way somehow or another. We all feel that way, right? And, and here's why. It's because, and, and this is a big word, right? This is a big word. But it's about authority, and I don't ever think about things like that, right? I don't think about, I don't walk out on, on a regular Tuesday morning and go, who's in charge? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't step up and go, am I the boss of my life or is God the boss of my life? But I do that with my heart. I've made that decision. This is the crazy thing about free will. Every day, look right here, every day you get to decide who is in charge. And do you know how we know that? By the way that you love people, by the way that you speak to people, by the way that you honor or dishonor, that's how we know it. Because here's the whole thing with, with electricity. Um, whenever I worked for dad back in the day, thank you, Jesus, it's back in the day. But whenever I worked for my pops back in the day, we did mostly electrical work, as I've told y'all. I didn't ever have to work with these gloves, by the way, but, or the big transformers. But we, we rewired houses, as I've told y'all before. And um, when we did new, we would loop the wires from from circuit to circuit, or if you had, if you had a bunch of uh, like receptacles or plugs that you, what we call them in the house, you just go from loop to loop to loop and you keep a certain number on a certain, uh, on one power. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> and then if you, if you are rewiring, you do a junction box underneath and, and each one powers up, powers up one section of the house. And so at the end, when you're getting done and you're looking over the house and, and you're finished, this is the most frustrating thing in the whole world, okay? I'm just telling you. If you've never dealt with this, you're not going to think it's frustrating. But I promise it's frustrating, okay? You're done. And there's one little thing that keeps stripping everything off. And you're like, ah! What is the matter? We, we did everything right. And then we, we track every single wire down. Every wire. To the barest, most simple wires. And we're like, I am going to lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. So like, I, I got to get this thing right. I, what's the matter? This week, this week. 
Next door, they were done with the lights. Like, we're not going to use the big can lights. We put different lights up there. And they're done. They're finished completely. And it took them three hours to find one small white wire. Not the big wire. The little tiny wire that's inside the wires that had disconnected this much. And it just wasn't connected. And it's part of the loop. And they couldn't find it. And that's, listen, that's exactly what happens to us, isn't it? When the power goes in and the power goes out, we're flowing like we want. It's light in, light out. That's how God designed us to be. But, but so many times in my life, what it feels like, and honestly, let's be real, what, what becomes the reality is something is disconnected and I can't get it and I'm frustrated. And then there's even times that I leave a service and I'm like, God, I'm giving you everything. Or several weeks in a row, God, I'm giving you everything. I believe that you are the king. I believe you're the one. But truly walking in his authority is something totally different. And that's what we don't do. See, here's why this is so important, guys. Here's why this is so important. Authority sets the boundaries for everything that is in my life and tells me, listen, tells me who God really is in my life. Authority is either me or God. And listen, this has been like a wrestling match for every human being on this planet since the beginning of time. Since human beings were created, when Adam and Eve were perfect, living in the Garden of Eden with two choices, eat all this fruit and don't eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil or eat all this fruit and eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil, disobey God and believe that you're equal with God. That's their two choices. And what did they do? Y'all can talk. Y'all can talk. What did they do? They disobeyed God. They ate the fruit, right? So ultimately, what were they saying? I'm the authority. I'm the one. I'm the one that should get to make the decisions. And now when we hear that, we're like, dang Eve, that dang Adam. If they hadn't done it, we wouldn't have done it. Guess who would have done it? This is a good time for y'all to talk. You remember me telling you a hundred times I feel like my fly is undone? Is it? Y'all tell me. Y'all can't see it. Good. Talk to me, right? Who would have done it? Everybody. Everybody. You would have done it. I would have done it. Why? Because we want to be in charge. We want to be the boss. We want to be the authority. So let me tell you what the word authority means because I find this fascinating. The word authority comes from two root words in Latin. Octor, A-U-C-T-O-R, means origin or creator. And then rite is like rite of passage. Everybody's heard that before. And it's, it's, like, it's like what you are, are designed or made or you have to do it. It is, your, it is your seasoned, no one else can do it but you. That, that is your thing that you have to do. It's, it's, so, so when you have the creator, the origin, the person, and then you have the thing that he must do, he must be in authority. You understand what I'm saying? That's God. God is the creator of all things. All things. By him, all things were made. There are, listen, authorities on this earth. God has put us under their authority. But ultimately, it's God's authority that matters. Ultimately, honoring them is what honors God. That is his authority. And so listen, this is the whole big deal. This is what I've been struggling with so bad lately. God, am I honoring these people and as a result, honoring you? No. Why? Because I'm walking in my own authority. And, and the result of that is I feel disconnected, unplugged, and like the power's not flowing in and out. And this has been a problem with the human race since the beginning of the human race. Because we desire to be the boss. And listen, we will continue to have that ability to do that. But until, until we let God be the Lord of our lives and be in authority, we will be unplugged. And our lives will look like an up and down, constant, difficult thing. And everybody looks at us and like, 
that person, you know what it is? The church is like a bipolar church, and it's every one of us. It's every person. It's not one person. It's every person because the temptation is for me to be in charge and walk in my own authority. And if there's one thing that you leave with, I hope you'll leave today with this because this is the whole, this is the end of transformers. This is why we are not transforming by the renewing of our minds. Proper connection, staying plugged in, not having that one wire popped out. Proper connection is the, the key, not a key, the key to constant power. Like we talk about, I want to change the world, right? I want to be a part of a great movement of God. I want to see miracles take place. And we don't walk in authority. And there is a reason that we don't walk in authority. And it's because we don't really believe deeply in our hearts that it's, it's a have to or a get to. It's a, golly, do I really have to talk to that person that way? Do I really have to do these things? And there's a separation, guys. There's, there's, there's just a break, and we don't feel it. And so Romans 12 is what we've gone through. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there, your tablets, iPads, whatever, phones. Turn there right now, and if you do the version thing, it's amazing. In your worship guide, is, it explains it. Josh puts it together every week, and I love it um, that he does that because you can be a part of the, the, what he does online on that version app. But listen. It's time to be doers of the word, not hearers of the word, and continue what Paul said. And last week, we talked about honor. So this is a review, okay, because I'm going to talk about it a lot. Honor is holding something in high value and weight and worth. And when you dishonor, you dishonor God, and therefore, you walk in your own authority. And I just want you to see, as we're talking about this, what Paul says about dishonor and about honor. Watch this. In Romans 12, verse 14, he says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Seriously, is that easy for anybody? Y'all are really into it today, aren't you? Like, y'all are leaning forward and y'all really want the word from God. Is that easy for anybody? No, that's hard, right? To bless someone that has cursed you. That's not saying a cuss word at you. And that's not just a small thing. That was a huge thing. And today it's a huge thing. And some of you have been cursed in this form. And it's tough. It's being under a bondage. It is nasty, awful, and mean. And that's what some people have done to us, right? And yet, Paul says, bless those people. Don't, don't curse them. And, and listen, I, I, I've taught so many people wrong so many times. Eye for an eye. That's not what Jesus said, and that's certainly not what Paul continued. That's, that's, that's not what we're called to do. What we're called to do is bless those that persecute you. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live, harm, live in harmony, excuse me, or live harmoniously with everyone or with one another. Live in harmony with one another does not mean if one curses you, right? Or if one cuts you off on the way to work, guilty. If it, like, it, it, live, live in harmony. And then this is a good one. For me, do not be haughty. Do not think of yourself high. Do not think that you're awesome. But associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Some of y'all don't need that. Some of y'all don't think that you're wise. And then some of us need to read that verse several times a day. And do you know why we struggle with that? It's authority. It's believing that I am responsible for anything good that comes out of this body or this mouth or this mind. Because everything good comes from God. That is scriptural, and that is fact. Everything good, listen, 
everything good that you have accomplished in your life is a gift from God. Because by him all things are made, through him all things are given, and he is the father of all good things. And so don't think of yourself more highly than you should. Now we're continuing on honor. Y'all just stay with me. Man, I'm facing the at Pentecostal, so here we go. Verse 17, repay no evil for evil. Golly, Paul, dude. Like, I want to be plugged in, bro, and I want to be a part of this transforming. I want to change the world, man, but this is terrible, right? But give thought to do what is, y'all say it. To do what is honorable? To someone that has been evil to me? Seriously? Why? God, for real, man, check this out. I'm cool with honoring you, right? It's just me and God. Y'all just stay with me. But, but the people that have been evil to me, you want me to honor them as well? The people that have cursed me, you want me to honor them? This is where I think uh, Matthew, or excuse me, John chapter 6 comes in, verse 66. It says, many heard this and walked away saying the teachings were too hard. I don't think this is hard. I just think it's uncommon. I think it's difficult because it is not natural. I think it's better, and it elevates in every situation, just like dishonor decimates in every situation. Even when someone dishonors you, to dishonor them back is decimating all around. And we choose not to elevate because we want to get even, because we believe vengeance is ours, and we should have it. And we believe that we're in our own authority, especially, even if you believe that or don't believe it, especially when someone wrongs you, you then walk in your own authority, right? I, it's like a switch that turns off or a wire that pulls loose. And I'm immediately angry. And I immediately want to tell them what I think or sue them for what I'm worth or do whatever the world says to do. And then I'm conformed. And it's like a cycle. And I get so frustrated. And I don't understand why it's honor. It's honor. I'm telling you, it's honor. If possible, so as far, excuse me, so, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with everyone, with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. This is a good one. But leave it to, what's that say? The wrath of God. So, so God has wrath? Absolutely. God loves you. Listen, I'm praying through Psalms and I ask um, the book of Psalms and I ask, um, I ask the, uh, some of the guys that we meet with um, to do it with me. And I'm amazed how often David says, God, vengeance is yours. Your mercies are new every morning. I trust you. You're my rock. You're my salvation. You're my stronghold that I stand on. And I trust you will bring difficulties for my enemies. But in the meantime, I'm going to love them. And guess what? Saul tried to kill him, right? The king tried to kill him. And you know what he did? What's that word that we've been talking about a lot lately? He honored him after he tried to have him killed. Are you serious? Like that? That goes against everything in human nature. And this is what he said. My, I, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from you, Lord, the creator, the maker, the authority over everything on this earth. I am not my own help. And the minute that I am my own help, God gives me an avenue. It's a choice. And I'm allowed to make it. And there is a path that I will have success in. But I will never see God's success on my life. I will never see the destiny that God put me on this planet to be until I walk under his authority. And the vehicle to do that is honor every time. Because he says, the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. Guess what? God does not turn a blind eye to sin or hate, or hate toward you. Or that we give back, by the way. 
But when we honor those that do not deserve our honor, every single time, every single time, every single time, God sees it. And here's why we do it. Don't miss this. I don't honor you so that you like me, although I hope you do. That's awesome, right? I honor you so that God gets glorified. When, listen, this week, I posted this on social media. If you follow it, fine. If you don't, I don't. That's great. But this is what God is dealing in my heart. I can't remember a day in my mouth that I have, that I have been where I have not been nasty about someone. And it doesn't matter how nasty they were to me. Honest to goodness, guys, this is the truth. I can't remember one stinking day where I was not mean to somebody. One day. Are you kidding me? One day. And it's, it's crippled me in my spirit because this is what I've realized. I don't really believe that he will avenge me. And I don't really believe that the wrath of God is for me. And it's a holy wrath. It's not a hatred. It's not an anger that we have. And I don't really believe that vengeance is his. I believe I have to take matters into my own hands. And as a result, I live in my own authority. And here's what I miss by that. I miss a life that is genuinely honoring. I miss being a transformer and not have to constantly say, why is my life so up and down like a heartbeat all the time? Why am I struggling so bad in this area? Why is the power coming in but never going out? Why, 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 why does this look the way that it looks constantly in my life? I don't understand why. And the answer is quite simple, me, me, me wanting to be in charge, me wanting to be the boss, and ultimately me not trusting that God has it in place, that God will take care of it, me never trusting. And he says, I will repay, says the Lord. Well, I don't trust that. I really don't believe that God will repay. I do not believe that. And so ultimately, ultimately, I decide to repay because it's difficult and because I need to. Verse 20. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. And do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So listen, listen. Which one are you? Which one are you? Are you the one that is overcoming evil with good? Because no matter what you do to honor God, you choose to honor other people, those above us. By the way, the next verse, the next verse, and I don't think it's by accident that it says this, and then Romans 13 verse 1 says, everyone in authority over you, your president of the United States, listen, I, I love you. And if you do this, that's okay. I'm not going to come seek you out. But the president of the United States, we are supposed to pray for him. Not bash him on social media. Do I agree with everything that he does? No, that's not the point. He's my president and God has placed him in authority over me. And guess what Romans 13 says? He is the one that put him in that place, not you. God is over all people in all things in all ways. He is in charge. And the minute that I bash people that are over me in authority, my boss is a jerk, Pastor Mark. You just don't understand. Like he just trashes me to other people. Honor him. If he tells you to disobey God, stop. Don't do it. But never disrespect him. Not even behind his back. Because you miss the whole point of what God is doing. Listen, the power of God 
It's linked in us being under his authority and he called us to honor him and other other people. And what do we do? We go out and deny him with everything that we do. Absolute denial. I just had a conversation with someone in between services. And this is what he told me, Pastor Mark. Man, I haven't done everything I should leading up to this point. I said, can I pump the brakes right there and just tell you something? Bro, here's what I think the problem is. In some ways, I thought I was doing everything I should, and I was dishonoring as a result, and I think you were closer to God than I was because you knew what you were doing, and God was pulling you back, and I did not see the level of dishonor in my life, and therefore, I lived under my own authority, and God could not do great works in me. How can God do something in someone that they believe it's them that's doing it? You say, Pastor Mark, I've never said that. I don't really believe that. You do when you don't honor because it's linked together because that's the power source. And I want to give you two examples of why I know this is true. I'm going to start in Mark 6, and I'm going to do this from my head so you don't have to turn there, but write it down. Mark 6 and Matthew 13 says, A prophet is not without honor except in his own home, his own hometown, or among his family. And this is what Jesus said, and I find it fascinating, especially based on Matthew chapter 8 where we're going. And Jesus marveled, Jesus marveled at their lack of faith or at their unbelief. These were people that lived in his town that he was walking among and he had healed people. And they said, no, that's just Jesus. That's just that dude that does the carpentry work with his dad and his dad probably had passed away by then. So that's the dude that took over his dad's company. But it's like, it's just, that's just Jesus. He's not worthy of honor. Remember, honor is to hold with, with reverence and, and weight to lift up, not to decimate. And, and it's to look at someone and say, no, nah, that's just them. That's, my, that's that person. That's just that dude. That's it. That's what they thought of Jesus. And then it said he did not do many miracles as a result of their lack of belief. He did not do miracles. Stop right there, right? Is the lack of miracles in my life? You say, Pastor, I pray all the time and I don't see God do miracles. Is it because that we don't honor? Could that be it? Could that be it? That, that I think God has revealed to me clearly in the last few months. Mark, you're doing a, a fine job in your own power. But it's you, bro. And you're never going to change the world with a group of people that you love dearly until it's a culture of honor. So let me just give you some examples personal. If right now you aren't leaning into the message and you go home and you say, Pastor Mark, man, you didn't, it, Pastor Mark didn't click with me today. I may not. And I'm, I'm, I'm not always telling you I'm going to preach a good message, okay? I'm going to be real with you. I'm me, right? But I promise you if you come in leaning in, God will give you something no matter who the person is that communicates because it's about you, not about me. That's honor. That's honor for the word of God that's coming. Honor for the worship that's coming is to take part in worship. There is honor every single aspect of my life. And guess what? If you honor me and clap when I stand up, thank you. But if you do it for me, please never do it. But if you do that because you want to give God honor and you're going to receive a word from God, that is honor. And listen, I'm telling you I believe this. No matter where you stand on this thing, and I'm not really concerned where you do, I'm telling you this is what God has spoken into my life. It is because we do not fall under his lordship, under his authority, that we miss everything. And can I just tell you my, uh, what we just talked about in Mark chapter 6 and in Matthew 13, what they were ultimately saying they did not honor because they believed they were more important than God. Or at least as important, right? That's just, he's a guy just like me. No, 
He's Jesus. That dude was the man. That dude is the man. And that dude is the man to come. Y'all know someone say amen to that. All right. So here we go. Matthew chapter 8. And I absolutely love this story, guys. Circle this, star this, and go back to this. Because this is the example of how we should live our lives. Who he is is the example. When he had entered Capernaum, this is the place that he spent most of his time in those three years of his earthly ministry from ages 30 to 33, living right beside Peter or maybe even in Peter's house and where James and John, the closest disciples to Jesus, lived, right on the Sea of Galilee. It said when he had entered there, a centurion. Y'all know what a centurion is? This is a Roman officer. There's probably 100 to 200 given depending on how big the city is, officers that, or excuse me, guys in the Roman army that lived around them. And he was over all of them. So guess what this guy understood? What's that word we've been saying constantly? Uh, He understood authority. He understood honor. He understood respect. He understood the hierarchy because he had all of Rome that he spoke with. When he told one of his guys to go, you're fixing to see that they go because he was that dude. And when you are in the army or one of the, and some of y'all in here are or were, when one of your officers tells you to do something and you don't, phew, that don't go well. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get it. I don't want to tell you what you're going to get, but I dare you to try it when you start out as a private or a young guy or just something that doesn't matter. And he says, the centurion, so this is important. He's got all of Rome under him. And at that time, Rome was kind of controlling the whole world. He said, the centurion came to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come heal him. So the conversation went like this. Jesus, who was just like a carpenter in this area, and he might have been even fishing some with the guys it appears that he was. He was just a common man. Now, now he spoke in the synagogues, and they had seen him, but to believe that he was God was very unusual, even for people in Israel that knew that the Messiah was coming. This is a Roman man that had never gone up with this, right? That, like, this is, this is completely, completely crazy. And this guy says, he's God. But check this out, check this out. The centurion replied, Lord, I'm not, what's this word? That's a big word for honor. The guy that was in charge of the army of the entire region of Israel, the northern part of Israel, says, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. This is, this is like an American soldier who's, who's, a, who's high up, an officer, being in a, in a small town in Iraq, right? And we've taken over the town, and there's a plumber in a little plumber's house. And, and, and one, of the, one of the other soldiers has gotten hurt, and we come to the, to, the, to the plumber, and we say, plumber, I need you to help this guy. And he says, well, come in my house, and I'll, and I'll heal him. And he says, no, I, I, I'm not. The, the U.S., the soldier, the, the officer says, no, I can't come under your roof. That would never happen, right? You have the United States government authority over you. Like when you look at people, you say, who are? And you can make them look at you and you can make them salute you because you're that dude. That was the centurion. And yet what he said is, I'm not worthy to come under your roof. And he honored him. Why? Because he said, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Y'all listen to this. For I, what's that word? That word means also. Did y'all know that? For I also am a man under authority. So what is he saying? I have authority of Rome, but you have authority that is much higher. And my authority from Rome does not mean anything like your authority that is under God. And he says, with soldiers under me, I say, go. And he goes. And to another, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this and he does it. Why? Because I am that dude. 
That's what, the, that's what the centurion is saying. I'm that dude, right? They'll do whatever I say. And then this is, what, this is what Jesus said in reply. And this is the game changer, guys, right here. If you got your Bibles or whatever, circle this. He says, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to, so, so watch this, centurion's right here. He turned his back and he turned to his disciples who were following him everywhere they were going. And he said, truly, I tell you, no one in Israel have I found such faith. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? That Mary, his mom, I think, she was still alive, by the way, because she held Jesus when he died and all that. I'm pretty sure she had faith, right? If an angel of the Lord comes to, to you guys, any teenagers in here, if an angel of the Lord comes to you and you're 13 or 14, and the angel says, hey, you, you're going to hold the, you're going to hold God in your belly. God in your belly, right? This is not just, yeah, it's a cool story. It's Christmas time. You're going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit and you're going to have God in your belly. No big deal. And then it's your job to raise the king of the universe. But other than that, no big deal. Just go with it, right? That's faith. Like it's crazy. It's amazing. And he says, no one, not John the Baptist, who was his first cousin who went before him, not anybody had faith like this guy. Why? I'll tell you, no one has had faith. And people will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Listen, on one hand, Jesus marveled at their lack of faith because of the lack of honor that they showed the prophet of God in Nazareth. And on another hand, he marveled at their, what? He marveled at their, nobody knows it. He marveled at their belief, at their faith, right? Because of the honor that he showed. And this is where I fall. This is where I look at myself and I say, which one am I? Am I really connected with the king? Or do I sit under my own authority constantly doing what I want to do? Because the truth is, it's the latter. It's the latter. I do what I want to do. I don't believe that the creator, listen, the creator of the universe is really the authority in my life. And do you know how I know that? The way that I talk to people is nasty. You know what? Sometimes it's not just the way that I talk to people because a lot of times it's not nasty. But the way that I speak to my wife about people. Sick to my stomach this week, honest to God. Just thinking about my life and how few a times I've ever gone without, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Guess what that's called? Which is dishonor. You're like, Pastor Mark, what if it's true? What if it is? That's awesome. Congratulations for having truth about somebody. And it decimates their character, doesn't it? But the biggest problem with it is not the way that it decimates their character. It's the way that it decimates your relationship with Jesus. It's the way that it decimates your ability to have him as your Lord in authority over you. Because what we do is we say, I am the boss. Now, this is where I have like a, a breaking point. Romans 10, a couple chapters earlier, says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Having a Lord means they have full authority over you. If they say go, you go. If they say come, you come. Just like that centurion said. But this is for everything. This is our lives. This is when we self-evaluate and ask God, God, show me where to go. Show me what I'm doing. Show me what it is. And yet we do not do that with our lives. And we say things like this. I just don't understand why no one's getting saved around me. I don't understand why I'm not changing the world. I don't understand why my life seems so scattered and I don't get it. 
Listen, hard times come to those who follow Jesus. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But there will not be a blessing for the lives that we live unless it's grounded and rooted in the Holy Spirit. And that, is, and that happens every time through honor. Every time. Like the people that tell me how spiritual they are now. And we talk back and forth and we have these conversations and it's not in this room. I, I just, I, I'm burdened. Because this is what I realized. There, I don't care if people are impressed or not how much I know the Bible. But how do I honor God with my actions, with my attitude, with the way that I see people and love on people and do things? Because listen, if it's never been, it's probably never been that I've been under the Lord's lordship. That I've never fallen under his authority. That it's always been I'm the God of my own universe. And then I say things like, I don't understand why I don't hear from God. I don't hear from God because he's never been God in my life. He's been some dude that I've made an image of. Listen, until Jesus Christ is Lord over your life, you will be just like this thing. You will look the part, but there will, no, there will be no power going in and going out. Zero. You can look and sound and act like a transformer, but until the source connects with the transformer, there is no power. Did you know that? I know that's breaking in your life. I know that's like a crazy truth. But until that magnet and that magnet or, or that positive and negative, until they come together and the actual power from the power plant comes in and then it shoots power out to this building and to your house and to other places, it is just a weird looking object. Transformers become transformers when they receive transforming power and out of them shoots transforming power and that only happens when he's the Lord of our lives. That only happens then. And so are you are you, wherever you sit, the centurion who knew nothing about Jesus, and yet Jesus said, I've never found someone in all of Israel with more faith than this, or are you one that has made God common? Are you one that has made God something in your life that is almost an inconvenience because you don't really get to do what you get to do? Because guys, that is not freedom. Freedom is not getting to do whatever you want to do and you still get to miss hell. Freedom is, thank God, that he defeated death, that he, that he took on all sin on this planet so that I could be called his son and you could be called his sons and daughters. That is freedom. And that only comes when I say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again. But now I fall under your lordship and make you the authority, the Lord over my life. And for the rest of my life, I trust you. That is salvation and that is what changes the world. But it only comes when you are a Christian through a culture of honor. Will you pray with me? Pastor Martin, the truth is, man, I've never, I've never given Jesus Christ my heart and life. I do not believe that I am saved because I've never said yes to him and given him everything. Here's what's amazing about that, guys. When you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved is what Romans chapter 10 says. And what you're saved from is hell, separation from God for all of eternity. And what you're saved to is a life that is abundant and full and walking with him because he loves you and he died for you, but he lives for you too. And here's the question today. How many of you, that have never trusted Christ as Savior need to say yes to Jesus today and say, I'm going to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I don't care if you've prayed 20 times. 
a prayer. This is about making Jesus Lord of your life. How many of you would say, that's me today? I need to do that, Pastor Mark. Wherever you are, just raise your hand as high as you can. I need to make the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord over my life. He's going to be the boss. I'm going to let him be God, and I'm no longer going to try to be. I want to be saved today. Is that anybody in this room? How about for everybody else? Because here's what just happened. Everybody said, I'm a Christian, and that's awesome, and that very well may be. But I just wonder if we have anybody in here that would say, Pastor, truth is, man, my life looks like a heartbeat at best. I'm not making a difference where I live, work, and play because I dishonor with my mouth, with my lifestyle, with everything that I do, with what I watch. It dishonors God. With what I say, it dishonors God. With what I listen to, it dishonors God. Everything I do. And it's not about getting to heaven by doing the right thing. It's about because I'm under his authority, I can't do the wrong thing. I have to follow him. And even though I'll screw up, I want to live a life of honor and be back under his lordship. Guys, if that's you, if that's you, just stand to your feet right now, wherever you are. You say, Pastor Mark, that's what I need. Just stand to your feet wherever you are. I need to be under his lordship. It is awesome that almost everybody in this room has been walking in honor. That is fantastic. And guys, I'm just telling you, if that was the truth, we would not have enough room in this building because you would be such a lighthouse for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I, I honor you and acknowledge you if that is you and say, fantastic. But for everyone that is honest enough to say, my lifestyle does not show a life of honor, thank you for being honest. God, I would certainly stand and you have, you have burdened me so deeply. This is a private matter, but you've burdened me so deeply with the culture of dishonor that has been my entire life. And God, ultimately what the problem is is not that everyone stands or sits. It's the problem of us continuing to want to be in our own lordship and us being disconnected and then us constantly saying, why do I feel unplugged? God, I pray that you will deeply burden this house in the second service and that they will begin to walk with you in everything that they live and everything that they say and everything that they do because you, O oh Lord, are worth the honor. You, O oh Lord, are worth the glory and the power and the might and we stand and sing to you because we love you and because you're worthy. Amen.